Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7. The game. Warriors Wrap-Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside our San Francisco studios. The Warriors defeated tonight by the Spurs, 117-113 in overtime. Whitey Gleason, no D'Angelo Russell in this ballgame tonight. Uh, the Warriors also didn't have Willie Cauley-Stein or Kevon Looney among those that would be playing some regular minutes for this team right now. But it was uh, the return of the plucky, energetic yes. Fighting, scrapping, clawing Warriors tonight as they uh, were in control of this game at different points and felt like they really had a, a great opportunity to get a win before ultimately coming up short. We saw a lot of the things, J.D., that you hoped to see. We saw a lot of the things you said the Warriors needed to do. For example, yeah, they played that uh, very aggressive, plucky uh, style, that they, the scrappy style that they need to play when they're shorthanded. Also, you said you wanted to see some smile geech and you saw more than a little smile geech huh? My goodness. Yeah. He continues to draw the most attention anyone's ever drawn for a minimum number of uh, minutes, but smile geech tonight, uh, let's see. What were his numbers? He had uh, 10 minutes, three of seven six. points, and uh, three rebounds, including that banked-in three. And, and even when he makes smile plays... smile mania is real. And, he t- and even when he makes plays that you're thinking, oh, boy, what's that? He, he always tends to make up for it almost in some way, right? I mean, he, he gets the – he get, would not be denied on the one putback and then knocks down a three, and he, he's just he, – he's playing with a high spirit right now. Yes, he is uh, infectious. It seems that uh, everyone's rooting for him. But we knew that the Warriors were going to have issues offensively, right? Or we knew that they would really need to get some offense from people that don't normally supply it. Well, Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks and Damian Lee combined tonight to go 27 for 50. That's 54%. They combined to hit nine of their 13 threes. That's 69%. 25 points for Glenn Robinson the third, 28 for Burks, and 20 for Damian Lee. And even though these are not your father's Spurs, uh, the Spurs still had enough down the stretch to finish off the Warriors. But what could be better than bonus basketball on New Year's Eve? Not much. And. The Warriors really knocked down the three ball tonight. I mean, that was something, you know, 44% from three. And that was able to, you know, enable them to hang uh, in the game and even control the game at times. I thought the Spurs looked pretty flat and the Warriors looked pretty high energy in this one. And uh, a lot of minutes played by the, the starters. Alec Burks goes back into the lineup. And the Warriors have really functioned, I think, better than you would imagine they could without really a true point guard. Uh, you know, for good long stretches uh, of this season. But when D'Angelo Russell's been out, they've had Draymond Green initiating things. The Alec Burks backcourt uh, with with him almost as the pseudo point guard has really worked well. Uh, and Alec Burks was just hitting shot after shot tonight to keep the Warriors either in the game or extend their lead four for five from downtown. 
Yeah, Draymond tonight nearly had a triple-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, and he had nine assists. And how about this? The Warriors, 31 assists tonight to only eight turnovers in an overtime game. They only turned the ball over eight times. If you want to further crunch the numbers, and who doesn't on New Year's Eve? Uh, I think one of the keys here is second-chance points, and I know Kalena talked about this on the uh, television broadcast. Uh, second-chance points tonight, the Spurs 23, the Warriors just 11. But one of the reasons they're getting away without that true point guard, uh, Draymond has done such a good job running the offense. And frankly, I uh, wonder what this says about D'Angelo Russell and his potential future with the team, the fact that the offense functioned at a very high level tonight. Without him. 888 is Warriors Wrap-Up brought to you by Realtor.com. The home of home search. Spurs beat the Dubs 117-113. to Game went to overtime, tied at 100. And then San Antonio, uh, I thought they played their better, you know, maybe their best basketball of the half uh, or the back end of the game in the overtime session it's, itself. Uh, the Warriors... Up to, what, uh, 98-96, and then DeRozan ended up with a layup that put uh, San Antonio back ahead by two, uh, but the Warriors would be able to force overtime on the Glenn Robinson jumper, and uh, it would go to OT tied at 100, and then not quite enough for the Warriors uh, against a San Antonio club that uh, is not playing like the San Antonio teams of recent years, but... They are still fighting to keep that playoff streak alive, and they are currently in the eighth spot in the Western Conference, albeit at 14 and 18. They also seem to be ever so gradually evolving and adapting to the more modern NBA game. We talked on the pregame about how the Spurs of late, they've been shooting threes a little more frequently tonight. They did a good job beyond the arc, 14 of 31 for the Spurs. And the guy that really hurt the Warriors from the arc, of course, was Bryn Forbes, four out of seven tonight on his three-pointers. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as uh, he met with reporters in San Antonio following this one. Couldn't quite get over the hump in overtime. They made uh, they made the big shots when they had to. Murray's three was a, was a killer. Uh, I think Patty Mills got free in transition after a miss, and uh, he made a three. But uh, loved our effort. The guys were great. Um, played a really good game. Um, just couldn't quite... Couldn't quite pull it out. So this is your first time ever losing 26 games in a year as a head coach. I know the circumstances. I know that, you know, a lot of your guys are out. But how does that feel just to be at 26 losses this early into the season? Um, <clears throat> I think it was uh, the, the, the first five years were exceptional. They weren't normal. So I, I try to look at things uh, from a realistic perspective. Um, what's happening this year is more in line with uh, what generally happens with NBA teams. You know, you go go through a good good spell, and maybe you have a you know some tough breaks or whatever, and you uh, you take it take a little bit of a dip, and so yeah, this is kind of the natural course of things, and we're. Um, having a productive season we're just not having a, a winning season but we're getting a lot of things done our young players are getting better and we're growing and i'm enjoying coaching this team i just told them that I've, i enjoy coming in every day and working with these guys because they play hard they play for each other and they care they care about the game and uh so i'm not too concerned with our record i'm just uh, trying to help them get better 
guys like Jonathan. Go ahead. So talk about Jonathan Alec and, and Marquise did. Uh, you know, both played really well. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of guys played well. AB, Glenn had a big night. Damian Lee, you know, Draymond almost had a triple double. Marquise. Uh, has really had a good season for us, you know, providing defense and rebounding and uh, a presence in the paint. So, and a lot of guys play well and uh, just came up short. Considering where Glenn Robinson was last year, kind of just like out of the rotation in Detroit, to what he's been able to do for you now, just not only tonight but all season, I mean, what does that mean to you as a coach to be able to see him kind of have that success? I'm thrilled for Glenn, <clears throat> just like I'm thrilled for Alec Burks, uh, you know, guys who... Uh, have been in this league for a while and, um, you know, for whatever reason, didn't have much success in uh, free agency last summer. And uh, both guys are just having fantastic years, putting themselves in great position uh, this summer. Uh, we'd like to keep both of them. That'd be great. But I'm really, really happy uh, that each one will find himself in a much better position uh, free agency-wise um, after the season ends. Some interesting comments there about both Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks from Steve Kerr. I, I got to think if you're the Warriors, though, you're hoping they don't put themselves in too good of a free agent position because the Warriors would be in a spot uh, as a team over the salary cap that would really only be able to offer either of those players minimum deals or portions of the mid-level exception that they would have uh, for next season. So happy to play well, Whitey, but... I hear him saying these guys have been great, but we're probably not going to have them all back one way or the other. That's that reading between the lines. Really appreciate all these guys are given. I really do wish we could keep them all, but there's probably no way we can keep all these guys around. So really appreciate what the veterans are doing right now. And, and I also think, you know, of the guys that you may or may not keep around, you're also going to be, I think, in, in some ways, unless their warriors are really creative, there's going to be certain players that, you know, you – you're going to have to keep around, you know, guys that are under contract for next year. Omari Spellman's under contract for next year. Jacob Evans is under contract right now for next year. Uh, you've got Willie Cauley-Stein can be under contract player next option. year. Player option. Uh, so the Warriors do have a, a couple of guys there where they've either picked up options with Spellman and, and Evans. Cauley-Stein, they gave the player option too in case maybe he has a down year or wanted to come back for a secondary year. Uh, but the you Warriors, could theoretically still trade them, of course. Yeah, but you also theoretically could have fewer roster spots open to keep some of the players that you really would like to keep. I like Glenn Robinson on next year's team. I like Alec Burks on next year's team. Uh, you know, Marquise Chris is somebody that I would put kind of in the, on the fringe. I, I'm not as high on, oh, you got to keep Marquise Chris as others are. I think you'd like to learn more about him. I'm not sure he's a bona fide rotation player on a playoff team or a contending team. Uh, but definitely a guy that's young and you'd like to see more from. Glenn Robinson the third, and Alec Burks, I think, could be top ten players on a contending team as soon as next year. Marquise Chris tonight, seven points, 11 rebounds. And, again, the aspect of his game that really surprises me is he had five assists tonight. Didn't know that he could play uh, like that. I didn't know that he could distribute like that. Damian Lee is the one to me that maybe right now looming and shining as the, as the diamond in the rough, the find of the season. Uh, 20 points tonight, 8 of 13. Again, he continues to rebound with seven rebounds. And Damian Lee is a player. 
and he gets after it defensively. And I think he, perhaps more than any other Warrior right now, is exceeding expectations, perhaps even more than Kai Bowman. And Kai Bowman had another really nice game uh, with nine points. I know Kai Bowman was undrafted. But those two guys, I think, more than anybody else on the team, have exceeded expectations and are really carving out roles for next year. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap-up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Spurs beat the Dubs 117-113. to 113. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors now 9-26. and 26. You heard the question from Logan Murdoch of NBC Sports Bay Area when we played the Steve Kerr post-game press conference in San Antonio, the 26th loss for the Warriors. That uh, is the most that Steve Kerr has had now in this his sixth year as the head coach of the Warriors. The Warriors' worst record uh, to this point uh, had been 57-25. and 25. What's interesting to me about that, among other things, is I remember opening night when you and Jim and I were getting ready for the Warriors and the Clippers and we were doing the uh, the Warriors Live, and we played some comments from Steve Kerr. And Jim Barnett said, oh, my goodness, he's, he's very hoarse. He, he's been yelling more. And I think he said, I think Steve Kerr has had to be a, a lot more vocal this year, right? Not because he's yelling at people, but because he's had to do more coaching. Whereas before, it, it, you, you were there at the games. You saw him on TV. It was more sit back, right, and watch the Splash Brothers do their thing. And then there's a timeout. All right, guys, look, this is what we're doing. And I think this year... And I think it's very gratifying for him, and I, I think he's very genuine when he says he really appreciates the effort this year. But I think he had to do a lot more actual coaching in games and in practice. Yeah, and I think he's embraced it and enjoyed it. I do, too. To be perfectly honest. Right. And, and I think it, it's been a challenge almost in a way to show his skills. Really, you know, because right. I think a, a lot of the time he's you, paying his coaching dues in a way. Yeah, and I think he appreciates that and respects that. You know, how many times did you hear and look? It, it's just fan talk or, or talking heads, maybe. But it's boy, anybody could coach that team. Right, anybody could coach the the Warriors in you know 2017 with Kevin Durant and you know potentially four or five Hall of Famers. If you think Andre Iguodala is a Hall of Famer, which many do, uh, and so now he's getting a chance to all right. Uh, Let's see if I can develop guys. Let's see if I can have a young team that's far less talented than teams of the past compete on a nightly basis. And for the most part, I would say aside from that two-week stretch there, you know, early December, early to mid-December, the Warriors have been really, 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 really competitive. Yeah, I know you have to give the Spurs a ton of credit. They got it done tonight, and that's a big win for them. Um, they did not want to squander this one because right now they are eighth in the West and they're trying to keep that playoff streak alive. This was a very important game for them. So give them uh, the credit. They got it done. But I was really surprised at how competitive the Warriors were without D'Angelo Russell, uh, right? Without Willie Cauley-Stein, I thought, well, that's going to be tough. I also didn't know Draymond Green was going to play 35 minutes and 48 seconds. That surprised me a little bit, but it just shows you where the Warriors are right now. Um, they nearly won this thing. They nearly won their fifth and sixth. And I know they didn't. I was surprised how close they came, frankly. Yeah, I. you know, it's funny. I We were watching the game, and I, I thought from the the tip, you know, we watched about two, three minutes in there, and I thought, you know what? I think the Warriors have something tonight. I think the Spurs are, are lagging a little bit. Before the game, though, did just, you think this was one that the Warriors had a shot at? I, yeah, I, yeah, kind of, just because I, I have watched San Antonio a lot. And not that they would win, but I, I'm not really surprised that, it was as competitive as it was. The Spurs have really not been good. They've been better lately, but they have not been a good team. I mean, they've lost at home to Memphis. They've had Cleveland come in there, and they blew, I think, an eight-point lead in the final minute and a half of a game 
uh, just a couple of weeks ago. They lost to Cleveland. I mean, this team, they've got a lot of bad, bad, bad losses, and they've been really bad defensively, and at they times have. look like they lack energy. I know they're not guarding people. I thought the Warriors would struggle with the offense a lot more than they did tonight. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap-up continues here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and you at 888-957-9570, Warriors 9-26, Spurs beat the Dubs 117-113, as Golden State will wrap up the 2019 calendar year. And the decade! And the decade! That's Woo! right, Whitey. A new decade starts in about four and a half hours out here on the West Coast. Can I ask you what your most memorable moment was? And, and I know you have other things you have to do. Perhaps you, you can't give it to us right now, but I have a few as well, and I'd love to know. 888-957-9570, your warrior memory or memories of the decade. Well, the, the big one for me is just the, the first NBA championship, you know, winning in 2015 because I don't know anybody – that thought the Warriors could win a championship in Steve Kerr's first year. Yeah, I, uh, to go too. from a six seed, and I know there was a belief that they were a little bit of an underachieving six seed in Mark Jackson's final year, and, and that Mark Jackson yeah, was part of the reason why. First round, yeah, uh, and yeah, the Clippers beat them in that first round. But for them to immediately go from a six seed to an NBA champion and start to show signs of Elite offense, elite defense, and you also saw Stephen Curry's game go to an even higher level playing in that new offensive system. So for me, it's that first year, first championship under Steve Kerr. And really, a 1A to that is just the time from the beginning of that season to winning the championship to the 73-9, and because there were a lot of naysayers and doubters about, well, they won, but a lot of guys got hurt that played against them in that 2015 year. They come back the next year in year two, and they go 24-0 and to start the season and wind up 73-9. and Really, that two-season stretch, then they lose in the finals. Some, some stuff happened. Everybody knows what happened. But then two weeks later, you get Kevin Durant. So from that, that two-year stretch almost combined as one where – you win an NBA championship, and then you lose an NBA championship after breaking the all-time wins record, but then you sign Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of lumped that. You can call that three if you want, or, or just call it one sure. and 1A or 1B, but that that, that is, to me, got to be at the top of the list. Just all of that is one sequence. I also have three, which you could say is appropriate, given the how important the three-point shot was to the Warriors. The first one would be, like like uh, yours, that first championship, but my perspective's a little different. You were no doubt covering those games, and I happened to be uh, on Kauai at the time with my wife, and my wife, Shinya, is a huge Warrior fan, and so was her father. And so, you know, her father had seen, and he's no longer with us, he had seen the 75 Warriors uh, with Rick Berry win, and then for her to watch that, it was kind of reminded her of her father, and it was so, you know, the way they did it was there were such a, such a likable team. Uh, that was just such a fun and refreshing season. And as you say, they seemingly came out of nowhere. They were a good team, but they won the championship. Secondly, for me, game seven in 2016, the finals, I still can't believe they lost that game. I remember watching that game, 
and I still yeah. can't really believe they, they didn't win that. Yeah. And I also still think, and I'll go to my grave thinking, that on Iguodala's layup that that LeBron goaltended. And I will, to the rest of my days, I'll think, that was a goaltend. I didn't call it, and that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, and then thirdly was Durant shot over LeBron in 2017, Game 3. You know, Durant had the back-to-back yeah, walked, MVPs. Yeah, walked it up. Yeah, and LeBron comes out, and just all that image of LeBron coming out, and Durant just, yeah, LeBron, I got this for you. Boom. Those are the three, I think, my most uh, memorable Warrior moments from the decade that I think I'll remember the rest of my life. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. And, and gosh, that 2016 game, when you think about it, Game 7, uh, but to even get to that point, I mean, the Warriors looked all but done in Game 6 in Oklahoma City in the Western Conference Finals, down 3-2 on the road, a series that they had trailed three games to one. They hadn't won a game in Oklahoma City in that series to that point, and Clay Thompson goes nuts. Uh, and that wound up really changing the course of, of history somewhat in, in the Western Conference and in the NBA overall. Warriors win that game. Uh, Kevin Durant walks off the floor in Oklahoma City for a final time as a member of the Thunder, uh, and it was just surreal. I've never, I've never seen a crowd go from so electric just – thinking they're going to win maybe the biggest game in franchise history, upsetting the 73-9 and Warriors team to go to an NBA Finals. And, and Oklahoma City been to the Finals, obviously with Harden and Westbrook a couple of years earlier, four years earlier. But I've never heard or seen just that from just raucous to just you could hear a pin drop when it became clear that the Warriors were going to actually win that game. Uh, it's something I will never forget. Those are the only three games uh, you know, that I've seen or covered in that building, and that's just one that I'll never forget, just the Warriors absolutely stealing Oklahoma City's soul. At 2016. And then their best player. Yeah, yeah. For what it's worth, I had predicted uh, the Warriors will beat the Cavs in five. And when they went up 3-1 with that win, I remember watching, again, like you, I, unlike you, I wasn't covering the games. I'm watching on TV. I'm watching all the postgame. And the Warriors went up 3-1. And I remember feeling like, I think I'm in pretty good shape here. And it's the way it should be. The Warriors are the better team. And remember, that was uh, when LeBron had stepped over Draymond. And I'm watching LeBron's postgame comments. And someone asked him something about Draymond. And he's, and I didn't know anything. I'd seen the game, but I didn't know anything had happened. And LeBron says, yeah, I don't know if he should be suspended. And I remember looking up, wait, what? I meant, Wait, what happened? Oh, no. And of course, that uh, that turned that series, and and obviously that also turned history. It it turned history, and it turned that series, and it, it may have even you know the extension of that may have led the Warriors actually getting Kevin Durant. Sure, that's true. Which yeah. is which is another aspect of that that that's fascinating is that became the one that got away. I, I the, my thought on, on that moment was the Warriors had, and I mean the moment when that happened between. LeBron and LeBron Draymond steps Green. Over and Draymond gets up and kind of whacks yeah. at him. Yeah. And I remember thinking that was at the at the point where that series effectively ended. Yes. Right? Yes. The Warriors were up three. They were yes. going to be up three to one. They had yes. just essentially clinched that game yep. Yep. in that building. And you thought that was another very quiet, defeated building because right. that was going to be the second. That se- thing was done. Second time in a row the Warriors were going to win. The the Cavs were not coming back. Now that was essentially the end. Of, that was the end of their season at home, mm-hmm. and, and so it was just kind of a devastated. And I remember thinking, "Wow, the Warriors just won this series." Yep. And then to have that happen uh, and flip it, I still thought they were going to win the series. 
Uh, Me too, and that's why I still can't believe Game 7. It's still one of the things I remember the most because I was just in disbelief watching it. Yeah, and and then the the 2018 Western Conference Finals where the Warriors got down big to the the Rockets, Rockets, even though the Rockets had lost Chris Paul. Yeah. uh, They got down big in that game at Oracle, and and you're thinking, wow, this this thing could end right here tonight Mm -hmm. uh, in this building. But the Warriors come back with a huge second half. They win that game. They go to Houston, and then the 27 consecutive missed three-pointers for the Rockets, and the Warriors wind up going right back to the NBA Finals for, at that time, a fourth consecutive year. That's one that that absolutely stands out. And then uh, the the win that the Warriors had, the two wins, really, that the Warriors had against the Rockets, the fourth quarter that they had to play when Kevin Durant went out in Game 5 in 2019, and then being able to win... Game six on the road without Kevin Durant when it looked like, okay, this is the Rockets' opportunity to win this series because the Warriors were going to be without Durant for the final two games. It was exactly what happened to the Rockets the year before with Chris Paul going out and having to miss a couple of games happened to the Warriors, and the Warriors figured out a way to win it anyway. So what do you think as we sit here now on New Year's Eve 2019, what do you think as far as the likelihood of the Warriors as soon as next year getting back into position to create – some more memories. I think they can do it. I don't think it's a lock or going to be easy. I think there are a lot of different spots on the roster that need to be filled. But assuming health, which I know you can never assume, but assuming health, I I think they're going to be a really good team again next year. But how they manage the roster spots beyond Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green ultimately is going to tell the story. What do you do with What do you do with Russell? What do you do with the pick that you're going to have? They're going to have to bring in someone of significance, right? One way or the other. Yeah, it's either going to have to be another star or borderline star player on the le- maybe not on the level of the other three, but close to that level, or somebody that could at some point during his time with the Warriors ascend to that level, uh, or it's going to have to be four or five really, 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 really good. Role players, guys that would be bona fide, you know, top eight players in anybody's rotation. I think that's one of the things we tend to forget about Iguodala when we look back uh, on his time with the Warriors. When they got him, he was a star player. And then he became a bench player. And of course, he got older. He became a bench specialist. But remember, when they got him, he had been a star player with uh, Denver and with Philadelphia. And of course, he was the finals MVP. When the Warriors won the first championship, yeah, and he was deemed somebody that that was almost the prototypical perfect. All right, he's that perfect, you know, balancing small forward, you know, that was going to come in and start right. and play, you know, with the other three players and was going to help take him to another level, which he did. Uh, but you know, Harrison Barnes wound up being somebody that you know could defend bigger players, which I think was a big part of his value. And then you had both of them, so it really made. You know the death lineup and the ability to switch and and you know defense turning into offense and vice versa. It really made that all the more important and 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 all the more uh, of an advantage. Yeah. So my point is to get back anywhere close to where they had been. There's an awful lot they have to replace. Not just Kevin Durant, which is a lot in and of itself. No, it's Iguodala and yeah. it's Livingston. Yeah. And and then you need a couple other nice players to go along there too. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors wrap-up, we're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. We will wrap up the season, uh, or the year and the decade, not the season, not quite yet.
But uh, more coming up here, 95.7 game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, we're wrapping things up here on a Tuesday night, New Year's Eve. Woo! In downtown San Francisco, we're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Spurs beat the Warriors 117-113, to so the Warriors now 9-26. and They're on to Minneapolis. They'll take on the Timberwolves coming up on Thursday, and then the games are going to continue to come rapid fire, Whitey. Every other, right? We're going every every other other day for a while. Every other, every even-numbered day in January through the 24th. Nice. The the Warriors will play, and then they'll have a weekend off, and then an East Coast swing that week uh, leading up to the Super Bowl. And there's always intrigue when they're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves because of the the fact that the Timberwolves had interest in D'Angelo Russell, and there are are rumors now that the Warriors are monitoring the Carl Anthony Towns situation. He apparently has already been ruled out of tomorrow night's game between the Timberwolves and uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, the Timberwolves yeah. playing Milwaukee tomorrow, so it'll be the second of a back-to-back for Minnesota. And, and yeah, the Wiggins and Towns both out for that game. Uh, and the Warriors obviously were able to beat the Timberwolves uh, back on this last homestand where the Warriors went 4-1. and one. Uh, Let's take a quick look at the reverse standings, yeah. as we like to do here toward the end of the program. The Warriors lost tonight. They are 9-26. and 26. So Golden State back into second place behind Atlanta. Atlanta continues to lead the reverse standings. Atlanta at 7-27. and 27. And then you've got the Warriors 9-26. The Knicks are playing much better They've basketball. Won two in a row. They've won two in a row. Five They've, of ten. Yeah, five of their last ten, uh, and I believe are five hundred with Mike Miller as the coach. Coach of the year nominee. Yeah, I believe they're up to six and six now huh. with Mike Miller uh, as the coach since taking over there, and their run really all started out here on the West Coast when they beat the Warriors, and then a couple of nights later they came back and won a game in Sacramento. Yeah, so they're nine and twenty-four. So they're. So they're Let's see, they're a game behind the Warriors? Yeah, Yeah. a a game behind. They are in third. Two and a half behind Atlanta. And then after that, it is uh, Cleveland and the Wizards, 4-5, and the Pelicans, 6. All of a sudden, the Sacramento Kings are tied for 7th. That's what an eight-game losing streak will do to you. An eight-game losing streak. Believe it or not, and and just to throw a Warriors spin on that, when the two— Weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago, when the remember when the Warriors were they played the Kings at Chase Center and the Kings turned it over twenty nine times and beat the Warriors by twenty. They have not won a game since they yeah. beat the Warriors. They are struggling, lost nine of ten. Yeah, so they're just barely now. Well, they're tied. Sacramento tied with Detroit. Yeah, um, seven eight spot. Yeah, and uh, Sacramento and uh, well, New Orleans is just um, one game worse now than Sacramento. Believe it or not. Let's get to the call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Lead to Draymond. Draymond fake. Dribbles it to the baseline. Far corner pass to Robinson. A risky one. Robinson step back off the dribble jumper. Good! 9.4 to go. The Warriors have tied the game at 100. And now the Spurs and Greg Popovich need to talk it over. All right, make sure you know the call of the game. If you're listening here to 95.7 The Game, not tomorrow because of the holiday, okay. New Year's Day, but Thursday All right. with Jolo and Dibs at 
know the call we just played. If you can correctly identify that, you will win $100 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. The call of the game is brought to you by Metro, by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless again Thursday at 930 right here on 95.7 The Game. Alec Burks averaging 15.5 points a game. That is the highest points per game average of his entire career to this point. He's having the the game of his uh, of his career. How the much year of, of his career, How much of that do you think me. is just playing time? I think it's that and also the role where he's on a team where they look, we need you to score. He doesn't have to be a complimentary score. Last year he pretty much disappeared. Uh he played with Utah a little bit and Cleveland and Sacramento and this year he's got a clearly defined role and clearly there is a need for him to score and he is flourishing. Uh, in this atmosphere in Golden State. So he's having, so far, the best year in many respects of his career. A couple of odds and ends here before we get out of here. The Warriors complete this decade with a 505 and 303 record. So the Warriors played 625 ball wow. for the decade, 2010 yeah. through 2019. Uh, we mentioned this on Warriors Live before the game. Only the Spurs and the Thunder have better winning percentages for this decade uh, in the NBA and a hell of a job by the Warriors to come back and even finish third considering the first two years of the decade. There wasn't a lot of winning, especially by comparison to uh, some of those other teams that that are ahead of them. Uh, So the Warriors uh, lost also tonight their first game when they had 30 or more assists. The Warriors had been three and zero, and they had thirty or more assists. So tonight, the first night, they didn't win three and one. When's the last time they? Games. Pardon me, JD. When's the last time the Warriors won an overtime game? December of two thousand seventeen. Oh. It's been over two years. Yeah, the Warriors have lost eight straight overtime games. They're zero and three this year. They were zero and five last year, which was an oddity for a team as good as the Warriors were going to a fifth straight finals. The Warriors did not win an overtime game last year. Yeah. Uh, December 18th, 2017, against the Lakers in Los Angeles. Yeah, the Warriors won that one, 116-114. to 114. That was the last overtime win. So, again, an oddity uh, for the last year's team to do it, but it's carried over to this year. Yeah, and this year they've lost uh, to Minnesota in Minnesota in the Russell 52-point game. They lost at home. That was the Knicks, right? The Knicks snapped their 10-game losing streak with that overtime win. Then, of course, tonight, Spurs 117, Warriors 113. Glenn Robinson the third, a career-high tying 25 points. A couple, uh, about a month ago against Oklahoma City on the 25th of November, he had 25 as well as the Warriors lost that game late. Uh, that was the game where Oklahoma City came back from 10 down in the final couple of minutes to beat the Warriors uh, on that night at Chase Center. Uh, And Draymond Green, nearly a triple-double, but he did post his sixth double-double of the season, 10 points, 10 rebounds. Draymond also had nine assists uh, in the ballgame. Warriors, uh, as we mentioned, they'll be in Minnesota on Thursday before coming back home on Saturday night. It's a quick uh, Warriors are... Home Saturday for Detroit. They play Monday in Sacramento. And then next Wednesday the 8th, the Milwaukee Bucks are in town before the Warriors go and play the Clippers. So tougher schedule on the back end of the next week plus or so. You mentioned GR3. He also is having the best year of his career. You mentioned the Bucks coming in. Looking forward to seeing Giannis. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun, and that's a week from tomorrow. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks uh, for everybody listening out there. Thanks to Lucas Alexander and Alex Scott. For Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. That it will do it for us. We will be back on Thursday 
with Warriors Live before the Dubs take on the T-Wolves. Uh, again, thanks to everybody for listening. Warriors lose tonight, 117-113 in overtime to the Spurs, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.